0: keep us to keep us from uh, our best in life and our best in God and I just believe that that when we when we know how the enemy comes at us and fights us and we know how to break the trap and break the snare of the enemy uh, we're gonna see great things come we're gonna get free in areas that we didn't even know we were bound in we're gonna see God do some incredible things amen Um, the way the way I'm gonna do this month I'm gonna do this month different than I've I've done any other month of teaching um, normally I, I just I, I, I stay within the, the parameters of whatever we're teaching the series is And I just teach along those lines But the way we're going to do this, this month's teaching is I'm going to um, start something on Sunday And I'll, I'll tell you what I'm going to talk about today I'm going to start it on Sunday And then we're going to go more in depth on, uh, into that subject on Tuesday night Alright, so we'll start it, we'll, we'll just give a little base for it on Sunday, and then Tuesday night we're going to go deeper in depth in it, and dissect it, and pull it apart, and, uh, and and get some freedom, amen? So, we may only deal with four or five areas, but we're going to be freeing them. <laughs> we're going to be freeing them, because we're going we're gonna to get a double dose of it Sunday and Tuesday, and we're going to see freedom. Alright, Galatians 6. Next Sunday we're going to um, we're going to share our favorite testimonies. Next Sunday, make sure you look good. We're go- you're going to be on on camera. You're going to be on Facebook Live, so make sure come on. Make sure you powder up a little bit. Make sure you just for the sisters powder up, brothers don't powder up. Brothers just come, sisters powder up a little bit. Make sure your hair's did good. <laughs> make sure you look you look wonderful. Amen. We want the world to know what God is doing, and we want them to know what favor looks like. And we want them to hear your, your favorite testimony and look at you and see favor on you. All right? And we're talking about, I, got, I have favor. You can't even look up. I just did my favorite testimony. No, no. Lift up your head. Tell the world, the Lord is doing some great things in my life. And, uh, this is what it looks like. All right. Um, I know I told y'all we was going to do um, communion and prayer and prophecy at 3 o'clock today. We're going to have communion today. We're going home. Because truth be told, I am tired. I'm tired, I'm tired, I'm super tired, so we're going to have communion, and we're going to go home, and God can speak to you at home, all right? So we're going to have communion. You can go home and sleep like how I'm going to sleep, all right? And get some rest, and we'll are gonna we're, we're, we'll postpone our 3 p.m. service for another Sunday, all right? We're going to have it. It's not going to be today. All right, so Galatians 6, we know this. Y'all are the funniest bunch of people I know. Um, Galatians 6, verse number 9. We know this. We know this very well. If you've been in church, if you've heard anybody preach, you've probably heard them mention this this verse or mention this text. The word of the Lord reads, And let us not be weary in well-doing. And let us not be weary in well-doing, For in due season, everybody say due season, season. we shall reap if we faint not. Let me read it again. And let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, everybody say due due season, we shall reap if we faint not. I want to talk for the next few minutes from this subject. Don't walk away from it. Don't walk away from it. Can you just encourage yourself and say, "Don't, Don't. Walk, away walk away from it." Come on, encourage yourself again and say, "Don't, Don't. Walk, away walk away from it." Many people, as I've been I've been pastoring for uh, close to uh, fifteen years now, been preaching for twenty eight years or so, twenty something years, twenty nine, somewhere around there. Um, when I, when I encounter people who, who are um, at, the, at what they call their breaking point in life or ministry or whatever, whatever circumstance they're going through, many times people call, call weariness tiredness right. because they're very similar. But um, most people who, if I was to take a poll and say, how many of you feel like you're weary today? Most people would raise their hand. When the when the fact of the matter is that you just may be tired because you're doing too many things. You're all over the place. You don't have any regime. You you don't wake up at a certain time. You don't take enough time to rest at night. You you don't complete anything. So you're doing a thousand things and nothing is getting done. Thus, you're tired. When you're tired, you 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 you're dealing with a physical realm. You're dealing with um uh uh physical needing physical rest needing a break physically you know you work doubles every night except for Friday and Saturday you're working 18 hours every night except for Friday and Sat Friday Saturday and Sunday you need you you are physically tired that's not weary uh, being being tired needs that you need some sleep po- you may possibly need a vacation you may need one and and let me help you The truth of the matter is that, and I had to learn this, you can't vacation in the same place that you live. It's hard to vacation in Virginia when you live in Virginia, although the prices are wonderful in the off-season for all the hotels. (laughs) There's a vacation state, so so, so, so the off-season, they still have to make money. It's hard to vacation in a place, watch this, where you're giving it your all. In order to vacation, you have to get out of the realm of the place where you call home to move to an unfamiliar place so that you can disconnect from everything that you're dealing with on a daily basis. Because if you're close to home, then your mind's going to say, I'll just leave vacation for a moment, go over here and handle this, come back home. But when you're away on a boat somewhere, in the middle of nowhere, and look out and see nothing and you don't have no phone service, ain't nothing you can do but relax. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You may need a vacation when you're tired. You, you, you may have to change some life habits. Your, 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 your food may have to change. Your diet may have to change. You eating steaks and burgers all the time and wonder why you feel sluggish. You may have, you may have to go plant-based for a season. You may have to do that in order to regain energy and strength. You may need to exercise or exercise differently. Perhaps, perhaps you have a physical realm, a physical situation that, that has to be healed. Maybe there's a sickness in your body. Maybe the medication you are currently taking needs to be adjusted. That's all physical. It's tiredness comes from the physical realm. Let me say this. You, you can't pray tired away. You can't rebuke tired. You can't lay hands on somebody. Cast out tiredness. They need rest. Weariness is a a whole other sphere. Say this, weariness is spiritual. spiritual. And although although tired and weary feel the same, they're worlds apart. Tired is physical, weary is spiritual. Weary doesn't respond to the same treatment as tired. You can go away for a month and relax, get in the sun, put your feet in the sand, and come home and still be weary. Just because you relax doesn't mean that you got rid of weary. The Greek word for weary is used in the sense of being in the midst of misfortune. Being in an unfortunate situation. Being in a desperate situation. And it's often translated as... To lose heart, or to lose courage, or to or to have your courage confronted. The Bible says, uh, God tells tells Joshua in uh, in Joshua chapter one. He says, "Only be strong and very courageous." Why? So that you can accomplish what I'm telling you to do. He says, "You're going to have to be strong and courageous." But when they have to deal with when they have to deal with giants. The courage of most leaves when there is a difficult task at hand. So so it's easy to become weary when you're fighting giants. It's easy to become weary when the enemy is fighting you to keep you from praying, to keep you from being faithful to God, to keep you from giving, to keep you from your God-given assignment. God had to tell Joshua many times, be strong and courageous. He didn't say, I'm giving you strength and courage. He told him, you have to become it. You have to, your your regime has to change. You have to watch what you're listening to. You have to be careful of what you're looking at. You have to be careful of the people that are around you because people can zap courage and strength from you and you may not even know it until it's time for your next battle. Most times we don't know how much courage or strength we have until a test, a storm, or a battle comes. Then when you see it and, and nothing rises up in you to want to deal with a giant, you realize I don't have the strength for this. I don't have the courage for this. It doesn't mean that God hates you. It doesn't mean that you're not valuable to the kingdom of God. It just means that you have, you've lost somewhere the courage. It's been siphoned out. It's been zapped from you. Somebody else got it from you, but you never refilled it back up inside of you. Our, our verse says, let us not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season we're going to reap if we don't lose heart, a translation says. If we don't lose heart, this verse is talking about spiritual weariness, and if you're weary, you have you have uh, you have in the past ex- or, or even now experienced or a- are experiencing some type of crisis in your life that has either damaged you, that has wounded you, and you have not yet recovered from it. Right. Damaged, wounded stabbed in the back, hurt from something that's happened in life and you haven't, you haven't come out of it. You know, something traumatic can, can, can happen to you and it hits your life and you can grow physically. You can grow physically, but emotionally you can still be that 10-year-old. You can grow, you can grow physically, but, but psychologically you can be 15. You can grow up and be 35 as far as age goes, but as far as your spirit goes, you're still 10. Any place you have not dealt with any pain in your life is the place where your soul has stopped growing at. So what happens is, is watch this, circumstances come, we see folks, and they act out, and we say, you're acting like a baby. And they get really wounded by those words because many times the truth hurts. In one area, how many of of us have ever experienced something like this? In one area you see somebody and they're super strong. In another area they ball up like a little kid and don't know what to do. In one area they'll pray, Father, in the name of Jesus. In another area they say, I don't know what I'm going to do. How can you be so strong here, but so weak over here? And if the truth be told, every one of us in this room today have areas where we're all, including me, we're super strong. But on the flip side, because of areas that we haven't dealt with that still plague us, we're super weak. And, and when, when you have areas like that in your life, What happens is the enemy's job is to keep pressing a place in you and allowing circumstances to come to you where you have not been healed so that you can become weary, lose heart, and walk away from the promise. All the enemy wants you to do is he wants you to walk away from the promise thinking that you're helping to to ease something in you to nurse a wound When the truth is, everything that's coming, you have to face it because it's really bringing up something in you that you have overlooked for so long that God really wants you to grow by because the way God grows you is not the way you want to be grown. God grows you in a way by dealing with insecurities within you. Watch this. You want to know, you, you know, know an area, you, and all of us can find this out. If you want to know an area that you need to grow in, look at what you feel is an injustice. Look at what you feel is an injustice that causes you to become defensive or causes you to get upset. Not even at something that's happening to you, but it's happening to somebody else. Could it be that what they're doing is all the way wrong but your heart is attached to it because the same thing happened to you but you have, you didn't grow from it so you partner with something that is not godly because you feel a ways about something that happened to you that you didn't get over. But you could very well be partnering with the devil because God is using this to grow you. Look at, look at what God uses to grow us. Look at the things that we attach ourselves to. Okay, okay, can, can we just go a little deeper in this before we jump into this one? If you grew up in a household and your daddy was abusive to your mama and you just absolutely thought your daddy was your world and your daddy had to leave the house, then check the menu date because you're looking for a rehabilitation project. Because you're trying to fix your daddy in a man, oh Lord, in somebody because the truth is you knew that your daddy needed fixing. Same thing with a man. If, 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 if my mama wasn't there for me and, 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 and mama, mama hurt me, then I'm looking for that motherly love in the form of this relationship when the truth and everything I do, I was overextend myself, go overboard. Maybe even to the point of where it abuses myself. All because the issue is not the wife or the husband or the boo or or, or, or the date. The issue is, where did it start from? If we don't go back to the root of things, then what happens is the enemy uses our past pain to trick us out of now destiny. Okay, all right. Oh, Lord. You understand what I'm saying, yeah, it's, it's real true. The enemy's job is to, is to understand where you were wounded, where, where a blow hits you, and where you just put a piece of paper over it to stop the bleeding and move forward with life, but never, ever, ever dealt with the pain of what happened, or never got sutured up. So now you're still somewhat bleeding. But you're just, you're just, you're, but watch this. You're, but your body's grown up. Your hand is bigger, so it's less blood. But nonetheless, you're wounded. So in anything that resembles what caused the wound, even if you jump back into it, you jump back into something that God may have even prepared for you, but you jump into it super cautious. So I'm waiting on God and when God doesn't say anything to you because you have to make some decisions. When God doesn't say anything to you and you miss a great opportunity, then now the enemy comes behind that and says, beat yourself up. You missed it. Because his job is to be an accuser of the brethren. The job of Satan is to accuse... Watch this. Look. How, look at how crazy this is. Satan's job is to get you to, to get hurt, messed up, wounded, and then blame you for the wound. And make you blame yourself for why your mama was the way she was, and the way your daddy was, and the way your sisters and siblings treated you. And make you feel horrible the rest of your life trying to make amends for something that you didn't even cause. I hope this helping somebody today. This is how you become weary if you're weary then what happens is any crisis or anything that's damaged you that you have not recovered from causes you to be exceedingly extra careful with where God is trying to take you to and everything in God is time sensitive everything in God is time sensitive the Bible says in Ecclesiastes 3 what does it say for everything There is a time and a season for every purpose under the heaven. Everything that God's going to do for you, he's going to do it within a time and a season. Every way that's going to be made for you this year is going to be made within a time and a season. Everything that God's going to do is going to hit within a time and a season. And what the enemy wants you to do is to be frustrated with your time and your season until the time and season of blessing and manifestation and miracle and promotion passes you by. Watch this. And then the fight lifts up. Isn't it something how the fight always lifts after your season? I mean, this was a great time. I should have been on top. Should have got the promotion. Should have been engaged. Should have got the house. Should have got the car. Everything should have lined up. And here I have nothing to show for this past three seasons of my life because I spent, the, I spent too much, watch this, time on the wrong thing. So if everything God has to do with times and seasons, the enemy messes with your season but tries to confuse you with time. He'll op- God opens up a door. You see the promise. But why can't you ever go through the door? It's hard to get through the door when you are preoccupied with past hurts in the form of new ones. Okay. So, all of us have had these places where, where we've had difficulty and despair and discouragement, disillusionment, all this stuff has happened. And in most places, we've either given up, we've thrown up our hands, and we've quit when we should have watched this, pressed into the power of what God had for us. Notice whenever it's time for us to press into the next thing or push into the thing that God has for us is when we encounter the biggest fights. The biggest fights, come on now, the biggest fight you've ever had in your life has had nothing to do with the people, had nothing to do with the talk, had nothing to do with the money, but it had everything to do with the promise. Look at how many things you missed. You know what you missed. You don't need me to tell you prophetically whether well, the Lord just told me no. You know what you missed. I know what I missed. And when I calculated and looked back on the things I missed, I always missed stuff. Watch this. When I was preoccupied with something that resembled a past hurt. When stuff resembled something that happened in my past that I have not resolved in my soul. Anytime that happened, there always was a great promise in front of me. I'm not exempt. I've missed great seasons. I've missed great times. I've missed, I've missed major blessings, watch this, by, by remembering hurt. I don't want to jump into this because the last time I did this, they hurt me. They took advantage of me. They stole my publishing. They did this over here. This happened over here. But I'm getting phone calls to do music. And I don't want to jump into this new thing because, I, because it hurt so bad last time. It hurt so bad last time that that I'm missing new opportunities because I haven't gotten over what they did to me. I don't care how spiritual, I don't care how many tongues you talk in, I don't care how many times you run around the church, I don't care how how you try to over-biblically make it bigger, the end result is if you're hurt about anything, you'll miss the new one. if a church hurt you and you're here now guess what this church can't help you you want to know why because until you resolve what happened there you'll never fully be here same thing with a relationship you will be suspicious of every woman you're going to pay tonight oh you're a gold digger. I can't be a part no she don't have no money but you invited her out y'all see what I'm saying you invited her out and she's just checking him before I eat the steak. I want to make sure that before I eat this steak and this shrimp and this lobster and this, and this ribs and all the stuff I ordered, in the name of Jesus, I want to make sure that you're going to take care of this, sir, because you invited me here. He, he goes back, watch this, to when he was all the way open and in love and was taken advantage of and looked silly after the fact because he didn't have nobody to teach him how to have a real relationship. Now, now because of one, one word, the girl said, now he's feeling like she is her. When she has had men in the past that said all this stuff that she had to pay. And she's saying, I don't want to be in the same predicament I was in, so I'm going to check to be sure. And what she, what's happened to her has happened in reverse to him and you get two negative, you get both of these together, and what you produce is, I'm gonna be by myself. When when that could have very well been a union that God brought together in a time and a season that it was ordained by heaven to be together. Y'all get what I'm saying? Any place you've been hurt, I'm gonna keep saying this, do I have to say, any place you've been hurt, and any place you haven't forgiven, and any place where there's a wound in your soul, Anything that partly resembles the hurt, you're going to push it away and call it evil. When the truth may just be that you got the right one, they just need refining. We can just all come to the altar and get ready for communion. If we would have persevered in, in certain seasons... We could have realized that the the harvest from the seed that we invested was about to come up. But we 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 missed harvest because we looked at the hurt from past seeds that we sown that didn't come up quick enough for us. You become weary in battle. You fall into the trap. You throw up your hands. I'm not doing this no more. I ain't giving no more. I ain't going through this again. That's what we say. I'm tired of this. Isn't that what we say? I'm through it. It ain't happening again. I'll go to another church before I deal with that here. If I got to be by myself, then we just have to part ways. That's what we say in Relationships. My last boss tried this. I quit. They was was coming to tell you that they had made a position for you. But you walked away too soon and you missed what was for you because you were wounded. What happens is we lose heart and we quit according to Galatians 6 and 9. Somebody say we lose heart and then we quit. But the truth is according to Galatians 6 and 9 we don't have to quit and we don't have to lose heart. You don't have to lose heart. We just choose to. You don't have to walk away from things. You just choose to. You don't have to complain. You just choose to. You don't have to say yes in my face and behind my back be like you see what I'm talking about. You just choose to. You choose to do that because there's something in you that is broken and needs to be healed. If the church could just understand that you're sitting next to somebody who's just as broken as you are. If the church can realize that somebody's preaching to you that's just as broken in areas as you are. Because the truth is, we all need God just alike. God just puts his hand on different people for certain times and ch- certain seasons and he lifts them up. <laughs> For certain times and certain seasons. And then when he's finished with them, he does like Moses, he puts them to sleep. <laughs> Y'all don't like that? Okay, okay, okay. We'll go, but I ain't got time to get into that. All right. uh, jump to Galatians 6. Just look at the whole chapter with me for a second. Come on, I got 20 minutes to finish this up. The Apostle Paul is giving us, is, is showing us and giving us a reason, and he's teaching us about weariness where it comes from because it is spiritual say it's spiritual, spiritual. weariness is spiritual you can't say you weary because you're working in ministry because Paul doesn't say that that happens because what we say is don't become weary in well doing well he tells you the well doing that you become weary in from verses 1 down to verse 9 doing the work of God should not be something that you get weary of doing if you're doing it correctly the thing that makes you weary is come on let's start at verse number 1 let's 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 go through it He says in verse number 1 if somebody is overtaken in a fault the ones who are spiritual should restore them it takes a lot to do that It takes a lot to be spiritual and restore folk that you feel shouldn't be restored Come on y'all don't come on please with his head <laughs> right and then well, forget I ain't got time it says <laughs> consider yourself lest well, you be tempted this has, this, this has nothing to do with correcting watch this spiritual uh, wrongness if I could use that as a word this has nothing to do with correcting things that are wrong in the spirit it has to do with someone who has done wrong who wants to, who wants to come back. Because the word restore means that there has to be something in them that wants to be right. So, so re- restoration has to do with putting somebody back in a place that they previously held, a place where they previously were, if they want to cooperate with the process of God. If they don't want to cooperate with the process of God, there can't be no restoration. Amen. If I come up and slap you and say, and, but restore me. you ain't gonna, there's, no, there's no restoration because you don't think you did nothing wrong and your arrogance behind the offense says, what? Right? Now, if that happens, then guess what? Ain't no restoration yet
1: because God gonna have to smack you back. Because he said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. He says, I will repay.
0: Repay, that means there was a payment already. So I'm going to have to pay back for what has that, see. So, so when it comes time for, for restoration, the hardest thing to do is to be spiritual. Come on, somebody get on your nerves and say something to you. You don't want to be spiritual. You don't want to listen, let me tell you something. I feel something the Holy Ghost will tell you. You don't want to be spiritual.
1: It drains you to have to be spiritual and deal with somebody who is out of the spirit. And and you got to be the bigger person to be spiritual.
0: This is how you become weary. Ain't say nothing about working in the church. Let's keep going. Come on. Number two. Verse two. What are some of the seeds that, 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 that leads us to weariness? Number two, bear one another's burdens. Uh-oh. Oh, Jesus. Bear burdens. I ain't signed up for this. I signed up to be saved and go to heaven. Bearing burdens. Uh-oh. You got an issue? You better go talk to bishop and overseer. Go, go pass the candy somebody because I, I, I don't want to deal with it. Because bearing burdens means, watch this, Bearing burdens means, it don't mean you take the burden from them. This is why most people are extra weary, because you taking stuff from people. I feel so bad for you, because nobody was ever there for you. So you want to be the savior now for everybody, that you're willing to take all of that junk and put it on you. You already got 25 pounds on you this week. Now you got 125 now you can't make it to church you crying uncontrollably you sobbing you feeling suicidal your eye is twitching you throwing up you're like i didn't even drink something wrong you have stuff on you that you shouldn't have on you yeah. bearing a burden come here shack bearing a burden has everything to do with not taking stuff from them but it has to do with helping them through it yeah. he got legs <laughs> he can walk Bearing a burden means he can lean on me,
1: and I will, he can put some pressure on me, and I will walk with him. But I don't pick him up like I'm walking over a threshold after we just got mad. Come on here. You see
0: what I'm saying? <laughs> Y'all understand what I'm saying? That's what, that's what we call bearing a burden. I got you. I got you, buddy. I'm going to take you on through this. You're not God to them.
1: don't care how wrong a person is if they don't want to be right you can't pick them up and bring them from the wrong side to the right side you got to pray bearing a burden means telling them the truth bearing a burden means taking them to the word of God
0: and letting them know I'm here when you're ready to talk because right now all you're talking is foolishness but I'll wait until the word sinks in I'm willing I watch I'm willing to I'm willing to stand with you through your vulnerable moments Without watches, without coming back when you get strong and ripping you apart because you had a weak season. This is what people do to leaders. I don't like the fact that I don't like the fact that when you're preaching, you're looking at me when you was talking about vulnerability. I'm going to another church. That's a stab and a jab to me, that I'm pulling out a knife. And then you're going to hit me and tell me, and you're you not. Know, Like, what in the world was the jab for? Why was the stab given when you could have just came to me and said, hey, Bishop, were you referring to me when you were preaching? What happened to come, let's reason together? If that's the way God deals with us, then how come we can't deal with each other like that? When I was a child, watch this, I behaved as a child. I acted as a child. People who can't sit down and reason are immature. If I'm talking to you and you whatever, 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 turn your back to me, you a baby.
1: You have to grow up because even God says that's the way to deal with conflict. Reasoning. I'm going to tell you what I feel. You don't
0: get an attitude because I tell you what I feel. Now you tell me what you feel and I tell you about what I felt about what you said. But we don't don't have to, this doesn't have to turn ugly. Because it's bearing a burden. But that takes a chunk out of your spirit. You're bearing a burden that takes a lot out of you, especially if you got your own burdens. Yeah. All right, okay, wait, wait, have time, okay. Just, he says, watch this. When, when you do that, you fulfill the law of Christ. You obey the law. Okay, okay, third, third, this is another thing. If a man thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. This is what causes you to be weary. You're high-minded. Yes. You think that you are something that God didn't call you to really be yet. And you can't take nobody telling you that you ain't there yet. When you walk like that, it moves you to a place where you become weary instantly. Notice it says, if a man thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he he is deceiving him or herself. Listen to this in another translation. If you think you're too important, you are fooling yourself because you're really not that important. That's what the Bible says. Okay. All right. Let's go to verse number four. Come on, because I got one scripture to deal with. Come on, I got the 14 minutes. All right. Verse number four. This is where, when you work in church, this is how, this is how people become weary working in church. I'm, I'm going to show it to you now. Look at verse number four. But let every man prove his own work. And then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. W- what it's really saying is pay, pay attention to your work. That's right. That's right. You usher pay attention to your work. Yeah. You clean up, pay attention to your work. You're doing sound, pay attention to your work. Whatever you do, pay attention to your work. Watch this. It says, because only then will you get this. And I'm, I'm reading this from, from the New Living Translation if anybody wants it. It says, because only then you will get satisfaction from the job you've done. You know why people feel like, I'm doing all this work and nobody recognizing me. And I just feel like I'm da
1: da da da, 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 da
0: It's because they're doing the work for somebody else. They're not paying attention to the work. And there's no satisfaction because you're only doing it for a pat on the back, but not under God. When you do it as under God, then the Bible says, when you pay attention to your work, then what happens is satisfaction automatically comes because of a job well done. When a job is halfway done, there's no satisfaction because God doesn't put a check in your spirit to tell you that you did well. I don't get nobody every week telling me, you just preached. Most times y'all are aggravated with me. I don't get that every week. I'm at the door, ooh, that word today, you parreached. P A R E A C A. You parreached. I don't get that. But I don't do it for y'all. I pay attention to my work. So I'm praying when y'all sleeping. I'm studying when, you, when you're when at the movies. I'm paying attention to my work. Why? Because the satisfaction comes to me. Watch this. Not from y'all, but from heaven. A job well done comes in my spirit. After the work that I've done, I've done it. Watch this. And then it says this. This is where we get wounded. Because it says... When you do it that way, you won't have to compare yourself to anybody else. When you compare your reward to his reward. Your, well, they, they, they said he did a good job, but they didn't tell me I did a good job. I prayed just like he prayed. When you compare your work or yourself to somebody else's work or somebody else, then the issue, according to verse number four, is that when you compare yourself to them, there's no satisfaction. You don't get satisfaction. Think about it. We both, wrote, we both copied off each other and wrote the same paper and turned it into class. I got the A, you got the F. Well, I ain't getting the F, so I did. even for the example, I had to say, so you got the <laughs> I got the A, you got the F, right? <laughs> same exact thing. Same exact thing. The issue is we're comparing. I don't know why I got the A and you got the F. Maybe he graded mine first. Maybe that's the favor. You understand what I'm saying? Circumstances, circumstances don't always give this. The way God sets it up is that through circumstance, you don't always get the same reward, although you may do the same job. There's a verse in the Bible that talks about that people came early in the day and they received a certain wage. Others came late in the day. They only had 20 minutes of work, got the same wage. And the people that got the wage for working the whole day was upset. And he said, can I do with my stuff what I want to do with it? If I paid everybody $100 for the day, and you worked the entire day, but they only worked the last three three hours of the day, and I paid them 100 like I paid you 100 well, if I'm the one paying, and you're the one that signed up for the work, then, then can I do with my money what I wanna do with my money? Because you can do with your energy what you wanna do with it. What we say is, it's not fair that got away with that and I got in trouble in God. Well the issue is you don't know what their end is going to be. You don't know the call. See the issue is you really don't know the call on your life.
1: The issue is you don't really know the call on your life because if you knew the call, you would understand the chastisement. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Why? Because he knows where he's going to take you to. And he knows what you have to be ready for. He knows what has to be chopped off for you because of your assignment for the destiny of your life. You don't even know what your next time and season is going to hold. But watch this. God prepares you blindly
0: yeah. to get you ready for all right, all right. time. Right, Woo, this is good stuff. I ain't got time to finish this today, but we'll come back on this on Tuesday. Then it says this, verse 5. Everybody shall bear his own burden. These are the things that make us weary. Every person shall bear his own burden. Now, when you read that, what what, what what does that sound like to you? I got to pick up my cross and follow daily. I got to pick up my cross. It's going to be so rough for me. No. What it means is every person is responsible for their own conduct. That will cause you to be weary if, you're not delivered you're, if, if your flesh ain't delivered. Because you're constantly trying to monitor stuff that you really need to be delivered from. That's right. If you know you got an issue, but you're just skirting around it and don't really want God to deal with it, then it's gonna, you, your, your spirit's going to be weary on an ongoing basis because you're always going to be playing this I'm sorry game with God. I'll never do this another day in my life. Then tomorrow, Lord, I'm so sorry. I feel so bad. I feel like I just feel so horrible. Then the devil says, you don't even need to be in God. Why are you even doing this? Why are you even this? God forbid if you have a title, like a title means anything. You were a Christian before. You was an elder, missionary, evangelist, deacon, anybody. You was a, You was bought with a price before any of that. So forget title. What about who God called you to be in him before the foundation of the world? Amen. See, the issue, we, the issue is we pick and choose how bad the sin is based on the title we carry or don't carry. Wow. When the Bible said sin is sin. Wow. You can be a brother and God to be just as displeased with you as a minister. Amen. But if you're micromanaging stuff that needs to be delivered out of you, you're going to always be in a place of weariness. You're going to be vacillating between I don't know and I'm I'm all in. I don't know. I'm all in. I don't know. You're double-minded because you because you don't have the fortitude to just get right. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'll leave that. Alone. Okay. All right. Uh, then it says this. Verse number 6. And this is one that this is one that, that most people this this is one that most people leave, leave the church for. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teaches in all, th- in all good things. You know what that is? That's love gifts to your pastor. Amen. See, I don't, I don't have to have nobody coming to teach that because I ain't afraid to teach it because it's the word. Yes. Come on. That's you going in your pocketbook and, and loving your leader by giving him something. Yes. See, I, I'm not afraid of that because I don't take advantage of that. Amen. Listen to this in, in NLT. Those who are taught the word of God should provide y'all don't like that kind of teaching should provide for their teachers sharing all of their good things with them we're going to just give to our, our leaders we're going we're gonna to do anniversary and your spirit gets vexed I mean you get you, oh, amen but inside it is a brew it is a. Brew. <laughs> I receive that's what I'm talking about come on to what i'm talking about and may the blessing of god be upon you may the may the overwhelming blessing of god be upon you because we like to say and my god shall supply paul said that ain't happened until they communicated with him with sowing. And, okay y'all come on I, may the blessing of god be upon you too but paul said after they communicated with him with sowing and reaping he said now here's the blessing i'm gonna speak over you because, watch this, when God calls somebody to be the set man or woman over your house, over the house, and over your life, they have the
1: right to speak the blessing of the Lord over your house. We can speak the blessing of the Lord over your business. I can prophesy to what's wrong in your life. See, this is where people miss it. I ain't doing that for no man, but you do it for the college. You do it for your sneakers. And you, Ain't nobody here naked today. You paid somebody's salary. Y'all don't like that. You paid somebody's salary,
0: and the one salary you paid ain't even saved. But then, when your leader says, We're gonna go on salary, or we're gonna take up an offering for our man and woman of God, you sit there like, How
1: dare you ask me to give you a dime? But the whole time, you do it freely and with the right heart for what you want. Well, today we break that thing up. I show it to you in the Word of God, it's in
0: the Bible. It's in the Bible. Can y'all sit down.
1: Come on, I got three minutes. It's in the Bible. Now watch. Have pastors taken advantage of it? Yes. Have they manipulated people for it? Yes. But the Bible says you ought to know those that labor among you in
0: work and in what they do. Your job is to evaluate discernment of spirit that they're coming in and discern if this person
1: is really a shock if he's money hungry if he's innocent lie to me open my eyes God this is what people don't do they don't do that. The first thing they do is listen to the devil and criticize their leaders. You are stabbing the old, your own old leader who has to lead you into your next promise when you are critical about your own leadership.
0: If that's the case, why do you sit under the teaching?
1: Why sit under a teacher that you hate? This is why you can't grow. Because you're too critical of the one that has to feed you. Well, God will feed me, but that ain't what the Bible said. The Bible said I will give you pastures. Y'all don't want to hear this today. He said, after my own heart, that will feed you.
0: Alright, sit down, sit down. Now I, I'm not afraid to deal with money. I ain't afraid to deal with sex issues. I'll talk about all of it because I'm commissioned to do it by the word of God. If it's in the word, then I am obligated to teach you it without compromise. I don't care what you feel about it. You can be upset about it. You can be upset about it. it. Guess what? Pray about it and God will show you the real. Our issue is we are so much in our feelings and so much in our mind that we don't like the way. Watch this. People have left. I don't like the way you did that. Well, what does the Bible say to do it? If the Bible says to do it that way and I do it the way the Bible says to do it, then God, God says to me, Well done, good and faithful servant. Yeah. Although people say thumbs down on you, I don't like to be exposing nobody. Yeah. If you are in leadership, yeah. and people who are under this covering have to look to you. Yeah, and you go off somewhere and we can't find you, then when we find you, you in Brazil somewhere, taping movies and stuff. Use your imagination. Right? My job is not to come here and just say, Well, we're gonna move on with the service. No, because you held a level of influence to the hearts and souls of people that I am responsible for being the under-shepherd of their souls. My job is to is to is, and I'm, I'm dealing with this because you know we had a situation like this recently, and people left because I don't know you dealt deal with that. But Paul said. Mark those that cause division amongst you. That's not Bishop Crump that said that. That's not Bishop Crump. My thing is I'll just chill out and sit on the sidelines. He says this is the way you deal with leadership. Now, if you're just here and you just left because I don't want to fill up your going okay, we ain't gonna, I'm not getting up here and say nothing about you. Just go on your way and find your new church. Talk about me online. Say, say I was rough and all that, whatever. But if you hold, see, see. The obligation of the head leader is to, is, to, is to not only warn, but to bring light to anything that brings a damper on the spirit of God in a place. Because if by chance, let's say, let's, let's say if by chance I leave out of here, I got a whole other family in a whole other state, and I'm out preaching the gospel, and I got a whole other family, and my wife finds out about it, and I do I ain't coming back no more. She ain't going to be like, oh, Bishop's on sabbatical for the next four years. She's going to say, listen, your bishop had another family. He was over there doing X, Y, and Z. He chose not to come back. He's living with them. Now I'm your new pastor. See, that's the way it's going to run. See, I'm serious. That's the way it it has to run like that. Because what if I reach back out to y'all to say, I'm coming back to Virginia to start a new church? See, that becomes manipulative. And it brings division to the body. And this is when God steps in and says, now i got to take folk out. Because it ain't about people. It's about the presence of God. And it's about God ruling and not people ruling. That's why a boy don't tell me what to do. Because a boy can get in their feelings. And a board will stop following the word. And then when the board gets in, that's when God leaves. All right, okay. Y'all don't like that, okay. All right. Then it says this, I'm done, I'm done. My time is on zero. You can see it back there. I'm finished. It said, she said, don't look. <laughs> she said, don't look. No, look, because I'm done. So watch this. So so the ones that are taught the word has to communicate with those that teach that teach the word unto them. in all good things. Watch this. So if you don't like it, that means that somewhere in you you've been wounded. Yeah. Somewhere, church took advantage of you. You heard a story. You heard that all pastors they, they, that they take advantage of people, that they run off of folks' money, that they that they that they have that they that they got thousands of dollars for building fund, and the building ain't get fixed. We're gonna we gonna fix the roof. We're gonna raise the roof, and the roof is still down and broken. And the, and the pastor run off, and he come back with a mink coat on and a, and a jaguar, and you be like, oh, and, and he calls it the blessing of the Lord. No, that was your money. Yes. That was your money. And because you've heard that. Or because you've been a part of that, then, then when you get to a new place and they say we're gonna take up an offering for our man of God, you'd be like, that's of the devil. You automatically deem something is not of God when you don't have concrete evidence to back up what God says about it. Woo! And this is where church folk get in trouble because God takes offense with you when you don't want his leaders to prosper. Because when the leader prospers, the people prosper. Yeah! Y'all like Okay, y'all like that. Okay, let me go Let me get up there. So watch this, watch this. And then and then this is where it goes to. I, I did all that to get here. This is where it goes to. Because when you have an issue with any of them, they're having super church in there. I want to flip with them. (laughs) The Bible says, watch this, because when you have an issue with any of those things, from verse 1 down down to verse number 7, this is what the Bible calls it. You sow to your flesh. When When you think against anything that God says, this is what I want, Paul says, You are sowing to your flesh. You sow. sow. Everybody say, Sow to your flesh. flesh. Or you scatter seed. You're scattering seed that makes your flesh rise up. But look at this. Look at this. Look at what he says. He says, Watch this. When you do that, you reap, or what comes back to you is corruption or destruction. Or stuff that perishes quickly. You ever ever, ever had a sandwich and you forgot about it, left it on the table and came back and it was super hard, the bread started going back instantly? You ever had an apple, you took a bite of it, left it and it just started going black? Or brown, right? It started perishing the moment it started being consumed. Okay, anybody ever bought like, um, um... Like, like what, what's the juices that you got to eat, like, the same day or a couple of days? You can't leave it in the refrigerator. Like, organic type of a pressed juice. Most times it has a date on it because it, the moment you open it up, those live enzymes start dying. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody seen, like, a pressed juice and stuff like that? You got pressed apple juice. It tastes differently than regular. It tastes differently than Mott's apple juice or something you get in the store. you are be like, this is something else. Oh Jesus. But it's really the best thing for you everything that's good for you don't always taste good for you or to you. Watch this. So the moment you, you pop that top off is the moment that everything in it starts dying. This is what happens. The moment that you start giving over and yielding to your flesh, the mind of your flesh, thinking thinking on a natural basis versus what God says is the moment that everything starts getting corrupted. Is the moment that everything starts, starts, to, starts, to, starts to perish. Everything gets corrupted. Everything starts messing up. But he says this. Watch this. He says, uh, this is verse number nine. If you sow to your flesh, you'll reap instantly corruption. But watch this. If you sow or scatter seeds in the spirit, you shall of the spirit. Now, go backwards because most of us missed the part. When you sow to your flesh, notice what happens. Of the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. We think that the devil does this. The thing that brings corruption is your very deed. The devil didn't do this. You just, you gave him permission. You unlocked the door for him to do what your flesh started. Notice it didn't say, uh, it didn't say uh, um, um, in verse number 9, uh, verse number 8. For he that soweth to his flesh of a devil, you're going to reap corruption. Right. No. It said you from your self-same flesh are going to reap back what you sowed into. Right. Right. If your mind is unfruitful, then your mind is going to become plagued. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this, this is what I, I teach people. It's hard to process something in your natural mind that's spiritual. So if it's something you don't understand, don't say you don't like it or it's of the devil. Search the word first. Because the moment you give over to your flesh and call something demonic that's of God, you partner with the devil because now you're going to reap from what you have sown. A good example of that is a couple of weeks ago I was preaching about the man when it, when, uh, the man who sat on the king's shoulder and said, "If there could be windows in heaven, then this ain't gonna happen." He, you no, know, watch this. He got a glimpse of something that was really in heaven—windows—but he he dishonored what the man of God said, and at that moment, God spoke to the man of God and said, "You ain't gonna see it. You're gonna die." He didn't get a second chance. It happened the because mo- he reaped from his flesh. Because it didn't take time to discern what God was really saying. All right. Now watch this. But watch this. When you sow to the spirit, verse number eight says, you shall of the spirit, Lord Jesus, you're going to reap life. Say life. life. Or a lifetime. Or fullness everlasting. Watch this. You, you're going you're to reap forever. If you continue to sow into the things of the spirit, yes. if you study, to be quiet. Yes. If you bear somebody else's burden. Yes. Oh God, if, 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 you, if you partner with sowing and reaping to leadership. If you do these things, he says that from the same spirit of God that prompted you to do these things, you're going to reap life or fullness that is without beginning and without end. You know what that means? You will never have to wait for a weary season to come. Because you will always stay full. Now think about this. What if, what if for the rest of this year we stayed full? What if for the rest of this year you would start barfing on people your problems? I don't like my life! I don't know what's going on with me! I don't like the Bishop preaches. I don't know what's going on with my money. What if, but what if you said to someone, I need some help. I need some sustainment. I need somebody to pray with me through these things. I'm having issues with my belief. Notice how the man came to Jesus. I believe, but help my unbelief. Yeah. 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 He didn't say, listen, ain't no way this is going to happen, Jesus, because Jesus would have said, move out the way then. Okay. He said, I do believe. But here, watch this. Jesus Jesus exemplifies this in, in the same. He said, I believe, but help. The part of me that is unbelieving, because there's a part there. You can't, you can't say it ain't there. I do believe. But there's a part of me that's struggling to believe. See, the honesty is what he, the Bible says, watch this, that, uh, that uh, God requires truth on the inward parts. You know what that means? It's all right to be fearful if you, if you say it's fear and want to get free from it. When, when when it's not okay to claim fears, when you want to keep it, right. I'm just afraid. Wow. You want to know what 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 people do sometimes. People people do stuff like this because they're afraid of doing something, taking a step. Even in ministry, I've seen this. When they don't want to do something, they do one of two things: they run, or they say, "The Lord didn't tell me to do that." Right. <laughs> That's the two things people do. They run. Oh, this is, the Lord didn't tell me to do that. The Lord didn't tell me to do that. The Lord didn't, I ask you if you can help us vacuum a floor. The Lord didn't tell me to do that. That's a good. This is a, va, we, it's a vacuum, right? You, do you do this at home? Yeah, I do that at home. We're asking to help us at church do this. We're asking us to, there's, a, there's a couple of places over here. Some leaves came in. Can you vacuum? I don't feel that's right in my spirit. I, I don't, I don't want to do that in my spirit. Because guess what? This is the thing. This is the thing. I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why this happens. This happens because if you will comply to vacuuming, we might ask you to pray. And people, although they try to act bold, really don't want to be put out. But can I help you with something? One way or another, God going to put you out. He going to kick you out the nest because you got to grow. You're not going to make room for nobody else if you're staying close to mom and daddy bird yeah, and daddy shark, daddy. Shark, doo, doo. If you're there, you're not going to be able to, you're not going to make it. If all you want to do is this all day, daddy shark, doo, doo, if that's all you want to do all day, you're never going to get a job. You're never going to find your value and your worth in the kingdom. And if, now watch this, somebody has to commission you and tell you where you need to be. I know you, you work in healing, but get on this team. Cause I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather get on a team and we find out that you're a little, you're a little you know iffy with your emotions. I'd rather put you on a team rather than send you to a hospital. I said, get up, what's wrong with you with your lazy self? person just came out of a coma and the family's sitting right there they're about to lynch you and they come in and tell me how dare you send this person because I didn't know that that was in you because it didn't come out because we didn't put you in the right surroundings so the negative stuff in you can come up so we can deal with it so when we do commission you see the issue is everybody feel like you're holding me back no we want to see what's in you because we don't want you to be an embarrassment to the kingdom of God and to this local assembly Okay, good example. If you know you got, if you got two kids in your house, one is just mild-tempered. Yes, mother. No, mother. Yes, sir. No, sir. And almost like, what you say? Yeah. And the president and, and, and Obama comes to town and says, we've picked your household to be a household where your, your child is going to come up and, and say to President Obama, this is the key to the city, Mr. Obama. Which one are you going to choose? <laughs> okay. You're going to choose the one that says... Here's the key to the city, Mr. O'Brien says, The Lord told me to tell you. <laughs> because, watch this, God does things decently. Oh, y'all get it. And no matter how much of a burning it is in you, somebody got to teach you protocol. And just because it's burning in you, don't mean it's time to say it. If that's the case, I'll be I'll be saying something to y'all every week. You stand up. I hear this in the Holy Ghost about you. I see it, I know it. But there is a there is a protocol to this. You can kill somebody. You can drive them to suicide by speaking a word out of season. So if you don't know seasons, I don't care how many words you got. I don't care how deep you are. It'll come across as off because it wasn't a word that was fit for the season. All right, stand on your feet. I'm done. The end of this says this. I know some of you are like, why would I come to church today? The end of this says, you're going to reap, watch this, from the Spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting or fullness without beginning or end. And then it says, and let us not, let us not be weary in well-doing. What's the well-doing? Everything we spoke of up until now. If you, if you stay full of the Spirit, there's so many different interpretations of that. Paul talks about staying full of the, full of the Spirit by praying in the Holy Ghost but here he mentions staying also living full of the spirit by giving over to the spirit he says watch this if you do that if you, if you do that he says then you'll, if you live in that full place you, will, you, won't, you won't become weary in well doing you will keep yourself from being weary notice he says and let us he said nothing about God doing this notice that. He didn't say he, uh, he, he didn't say God's going to keep you from weariness. He says I showed you the template of what you need to not be weary. He says I, I showed you the template of how to give over to what, this is what you do when you give over to your flesh this is what it does. But if you give over to the spirit you're going to live full, completely full at all times. Then he says because you're full don't be weary and well doing. Just don't don't let it happen. He says, for in due season, you will reap if you faint not. I didn't, I didn't even really, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't talk about fainting yet. So, so come out Tuesday night. We're going, how many are ready for part two? It is on Tuesday. He says, you will reap if you faint not. You know what that means? Every person in here has a time of reaping. I just I'm just crazy enough to believe that corporately we're about to reap corporately, there is a reaping for this house. We've been seeing it with favor, but I'm telling you, money's about to increase. Influence is about to increase. The Spirit of God's about to increase. Your prayer life is about to increase. Your knowledge of the Word is about to increase. I'm telling you what I know. The Lord is about to increase us more and more. You and your children, the Word says. I'm near my city you and your children about to be increased. God's not just going to increase you, He's going to take your children up with you. Ah. Get ready, get ready. Some of you have children that are toddlers and infants. Get ready to have their college tuition in the bank. Woo. Ah, nah, nah, bah, 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 yeah. Get ready, get ready for private school tuition to be paid for a year. Get re- Oh God, I see it. Get ready for God to give you the position you really wanted when you started at this job get ready. Somebody say, "Increases our portion. Not just
1: finances, but I'm talking about all the way around. God is about to increase you. You and your family. You and your husband. You and your wife. He's about to increase
0: your mind. Increase your prayer. Increase your money. Somebody say, I receive it. Lift your hands up. Father in Jesus, name, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We will not walk away from what you've ordained. We will not walk away from what you said is ours. It is our time and our season. It's our
1: season to reap from what we've sown. We've been sowing in prayer and sowing in tears and sowing in joy and sowing in helping others and sowing in bearing burdens and sowing in blessing leadership. God, let this be a season of reaping for us and we honor your name. We give you praise with your hands lifted. I want you to open your mouth and just begin to thank God, worship Him, thank Him for what's coming. Come on! Come on! Come on! Thank you for what's coming. Thank you for what's coming. Thank you for what's coming. We thank you for what's coming. We honor you for what's coming. We thank you for what's coming. We position ourselves for it. We position our lives for it. We position our minds for it. We position ourselves in the Word for it. We say goodbye to weariness. I rebuke weariness. We say goodbye to the spirit of weariness. Lord, fill our cups again. Let it overflow. Fill us up with your presence. Fill us with your spirit, Holy Ghost name of Jesus and we'll praise you and we'll worship you now somebody you've got a victorious break
0: if you're here today you heard the word of the Lord you're not saved you want to be saved you heard the word of the Lord you say I want to be saved I want to give my life to Jesus today I want to give my heart to him if you're here today you don't have a church home You want to partner with this house and say this is where i want to grow at i want to partner with this place here i know this is where god wants me to be if you don't have a church home you're not saved you want to be saved you want to give your life to jesus if you're here you say look i know this is where god's calling me to be if that's you you're here come on meet me at this altar right now i want to pray with you i want to pray with you come on come on we love you oh we love you